Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. You best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. There are no survivors. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films, and yes, the expanded universe we dabble in history, stress the euphemisms, and strive to have a hell of a good swashbuckler time each and every damn week. It's a pirate safe space where we gather to break down each and every single minute of the films of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. I am Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I am your host, Heather Artis from blackpearlshow.com. I knew you were going to be feisty after stealing my intro. Oh, did you now? I just didn't break because I wanted to get it out, but I knew that all hell was going to break you loose. Because we're recording later at night than usual, so this could be rare moments for Heather then. Maybe if she falls asleep really? or a day of drinking. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Too bad you missed out on that. Maybe tomorrow's an all-day work-from-home drink fest. Isn't it work-from-home anyway? Yeah. But, but you're going to add drinking in there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So thanks for joining us today for episode 117. It's season two. Looking down the gullet. A minute's 134 and 135 of Dead Man's Chest. So we had this... Interesting listener question pop up. What caught my attention this time with these? Because often I'll just answer them and that'll be it. Yeah. Especially ones that are kind of in the, uh, a little bit past their prime, at least for us, of remembering what the hell was going on. But this was for minute 94 of Curse of the Black Pearl. And that's way back. And I'm talking May 2017 when that ex- episode actually was uh, aired. Wow. Or posted, I should say. But three freaking years ago is when that episode in question popped up, okay? Okay. That's when it was fresh for us, three years ago. (laughs) So here's what Brett Field asked in his email. For years, I've looked for evidence that there was supposed to be a scene where Jack and Elizabeth had to avoid sharks after they walked the plank. Because both me and my friends swear that we remember watching a scene where Elizabeth tries to swim to the surface, but Jack pulls her down deeper into the water. When they go to the island, Jack explains that sharks swim up when Elizabeth asks why he dragged her deeper into the water. My friend and I both vividly remember seeing that scene on TV back when the movie was first coming out. So I don't know what we watched. Maybe it was a TV spot that had now that had the now-deleted scene. But we both remember seeing it, yet have never found any evidence it exists until I listened to your podcast. You said the planned CGI shark scene never got completed. Is it possible that this scene exists somewhere out there with unfinished CGI? Perhaps it just lost footage at this point. My friend and I are sure... I kind of slayed his email because, again, when I'm reading something, I just can't do it. But my (laughs) friend and I are just both remembering... Okay, now I got to start this sentence over because it's it's hopelessly botched. The now. whole sentence, not the whole thing. Come on, oh, I said okay. the sentence, not the paragraph. Maybe my friend and I are just both remembering a false memory. But man, we are both sure we watched that scene. Thanks and keep up the good work. Okay, that's from Brett from 2017, and I'm finally just getting. No, no, that's from the other day. I wouldn't put it past myself to have missed an email from three years ago. And oh yeah, get me it. neither. But anyways. You mean you as in you missed it or you believe that I could miss it? I believe like you that? could miss it. I wish I had like something I could like counter that with, but I don't because it's true. So that's You miss a- text when your watch tells you you get one. Well, you know, I'm in my own little world <laughs> sometimes. Okay. But so here here we go. I'm gonna just play the setup of what we talked about from three years ago. Us as sprite 
young scalawags, pirates at the time, now three years later, old, decrepit, you know. Uh, you may be old. I'm not old. Old? Or I decrepit. Said, decrepit. Said, what is this, an allegory kind Ugh. of thing over there? Hey, shh. <laughs> Anyways, I'll play it, and it's just to, to kind of set the scene. There was actually going to be an intended shark sequence that never made it to the final product. So apparently Elizabeth is in the water after walking the plank was to encounter, say, a swimming shark or some shark swimming around her. And while doing the shoot and she was in the ocean there, there were actually people kind of moving about these green shark fins so that they could then replace a shark fin, kind of a green screen and put those back in there. But the shark bits never made it and is limited to the shipwreck chaos Isla de Muerte when they did that. So I'm I needed to replay that because you have to remember the rum may have been flowing and I've been told it impairs some people's memory, not us, but some people. And as it was three years ago, we kind of needed the refresher and I'm sure everybody else did out there as well. The idea is that the CGI shark scene, it does exist. I tracked down a still image of Elizabeth Swan with a shark fin after having walked the plank. So Brett, I mean, you're definitely not crazy. Okay. I just don't know exactly where this image came from. I did watch a few of the original trailers. I skimmed quickly through the making of the Curse of the Black Pearl featurette, but I did not see anything with a shark and Elizabeth after walking the plank. I mean, really? it's Even out there. Even in trailers? No, it's out there somewhere because obviously there's a still image from it. Yeah. And this still image was pulled from video. It's not like it was a production shot, Okay. So it's out there, or at least it doesn't look like it's a production shot. It's a kind of a low res, like somebody screen captured this thing. And I posted it to the Cursed Listeners Crew group, the Facebook group. But anyways, it's out there. It does exist. And we talked about it. And Did you check deleted scenes on the DVD? Well, yes. So it's not on the deleted scene on the DVD Blu-ray combo. And... And so I'm hoping maybe somebody else might remember it or someone in the audience remembers exactly where this thing popped up. But it's not unlike scenes to show up in trailers when they're first doing the movies before they're finished and then stuff never makes the movie. Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah. So this is, is possibly one of those things. But, I mean, it's one of those deleted scenes that are typically classified as kind of air quotes unofficial because it really never makes it to... Like a combo pack, a DVD, a Blu-ray, or anything like that. However, sometimes these unofficial deleted scenes usually appear in moments from the trailers or featurettes or from some other Curse of the Black Pearl related material in this particular case. So it's something that has was floating around and it wasn't like an extended thing that, that really shows up. So it's out there somewhere. And like I said, I posted a, a pic in the... Cursed Listeners Crew group, and I did respond to Brett and let him know. So I don't know. If someone happens to find it, I mean, I went through a couple of the trailers because to see, and maybe I missed it, or it's possible after all these years at Curse of the Black Pearl, some of the trailers maybe aren't fully there, or I don't know, because I was going to YouTube to see if, what I could find. But I didn't, and I and I did see some of the other scenes that are classified as unofficial yeah. that was in the original trailer. But this particular one with the shark is not. Hmm. And it's not out there. So I don't know. It, it's it's floating around, but it's like weirdly, mystically floating around. Maybe you can only see this trailer or this uh, deleted pic, this deleted shark scene when there's a full moon. It's kind of like Barbosa and the crew of the Black Pearl. When the moon's out, then they, they turn into skeletons. So maybe you can only see it at night when there's a full moon. Then the shark... The CGI shark comes up. Maybe it was on VHS. <laughs> VHS. What is that? <laughs> VHS. That's weird. <laughs> is that when they had this stuff called tape? <laughs> but anyways, that's what I Blu-ray. What I <laughs> Not Blu-ray. I mean that yeah, disc so you don't thing. Even know. What's Beta that other disc? Beta- no, Beta that Max. fake discs? Oh, the Laserdisc. Laserdisc. It's on Laserdisc. Brett, it's on Laserdisc. There you go. That's the answer. It was only found on the Laserdisc version of Curse of the Black Pearl. That's why no one knows where it is anymore. But I thought it was a good question. And plus it, it goes... It a good question. It, it reminded me of like, oh my gosh, how much stuff have we talked about that I completely forgot? Because I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And then I, when he asked it, I started to remember. I'm like, I remember something about a shark. We talked about it. 
And then, yeah, I went digging for it. So it was interesting to, to get that. And like I said, it's in the Facebook listeners group group there. It's a closed group, but the only requirement is listening to the show and you can request to join. It's not like I put you through a test or anything like that. So, oh, there's tests. So I hope that helps, Brett. There's Maybe a test. Maybe you'll find it. Maybe you someone will find it. You must agree with Heather. No, you don't agree with Heather. That's Even if just... Heather pronounces something wrong, she's always right. <laughs> That's not true. That's the rum talking. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of fake news, just like you right there, more fake Pirates of the Caribbean 6 stuff has popped up. I Even, mean, this stuff how do you find any other up. What? How do you find any other news besides the Ebola? Ebola? <laughs> <laughs> Hemorrhagic fever, everybody's bleeding from their eyes out there. Oh, and then there's this little thing called COVID-19. Yeah. Which is a bird person. There was that Facebook meme, not that Okay, this has a loose tie-in to pirates only because I'm going to say that there was like crows and ravens at the beginning of Dead Man's Chest. But anyways, there's this meme that was like showing the difference between a COVID and a Corvid, which is Corvid. Oh, yeah. I showed you that. I know. I'm just bringing it up. But anyways, I don't know why, except that I was saying that your fake news and then there's more of this fake news continues to pop up on freaking Google News Feeds for Pirates of the Caribbean 6. And I like how these stooges are saying that they have the latest release date, there's cast information just released, and all that stuff that we're wow, waiting for. Really? And then, it's like, if the internet has taught me anything, it's to check the source of where this is coming 12 from. 12 tomatoes? These, not 12 tomatoes. You and your 12 tomatoes garbage. So I'm calling you out trending news buzz. Come on. What the hell's with that? And world top trending? How dare you guys? And quit trying to pull me in with your fake pirate news. Those sound pretty legit, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. If anybody's trying to make it sound legit, they're like, BuzzFeed. No, we could do trending news buzz. You know, talk about just putting words in there. But yeah, they keep throwing this stuff out and I don't know. It's like people are looking for other stuff besides pandemic. And so they're going to the Pirates of the Caribbean 6. I think that's I basically the them. two stories. And then... The only people reporting on anything are fake news sites, clickbait, just trying to get people to, to click on that. So I don't know. It's like it, the internet is just this weird wild west of false information. It's so weird because before the entire pirates thing that we started here, I automatically believed everything on the internet. All the headlines. Now I really need to go back and like think, oh, what was I, what was I really believing? If pirates can be false here. I'm sure there must have been a few other things I believed on the internet that that must not be true then. Because that's sure. where I get my information. Yeah. Not for, you know, And I'm not talking like actual news sites. I'm talking top tier news sites like World tomatoes. Top Trending. Trending News Buzz and 12 Tomatoes. <laughs> Facebook. How dare you, Facebook. 12 Tomatoes. Don't ever do that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll just revisit all that stuff that I uh, picked up on the internet in my past. In the, in the days before I became so skeptical that I couldn't even believe a he's, Pirates of the Caribbean 6 news piece. He's really skeptical. I mean, the other day I was reading him a news report about dogs learning how to speak by the age of 2045. He didn't believe me. Yeah, I don't remember a whole. I read him the whole thing. He didn't believe me. Exactly in two thousand seventeen. Possible two thousand seventeen. Back when I believed everything on the internet, I'd have been like, "Oh my god, dogs are going to talk in twenty forty five. Now, skeptical me doesn't believe such great pieces of liter- literature uh, yeah, reporting. It's I should say, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and speaking of revisiting things, given Pirates of the Caribbean six slump that we're in now, the actual slump, I do got a fever though. And the only thing is more pirate word of the week. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Actually, wait, did I have I used that before? I think so. It sounds familiar. So am I recycling my own cowbell jokes? Yeah. Damn it. I have no yeah. excuses then. I'm ble- no, I'm not ridiculous. believing the internet. I'm recycling my own jokes. Okay. Absolutely. Pirate ridiculous. word of the week. It's gotta get us out of here. Let's get this thing rolling. Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate word of the week in five, four, three. Okay, the word of week I found was deadlights. Deadlights? Yeah. I like it already. Because it's not like some of the other stuff you've brought recently. You like deadlights? I think it sounds like... it. Okay, I don't care if the, if the word is ho-hum. At least it has a cool sound to it. Okay. Deadlights. Awesome. So on- I'm going to knock your deadlights out. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> on a pirate website, how, you know, like speak of. Oh my speak, God, the internet. Yeah. Speak pirate website. Actually, yeah. I found it on a couple of them. It was Deadlights' eyes, right? What was that? Dead? Deadlights dead means eyes. Okay. So you were on the same path as this. Nice. It says, use your Deadlights, matey. So then because you hound me every single week about not getting more information, blah, 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 blah. I kind of Googled this word and I found that it's actually a protective cover or shutter fitted over a porthole or window on a ship. Hmm. Okay. Um, another web, another dictionary website said a metal one, hmm. but same okay. thing. Okay. And that um, it actually started in 1726. Really? Deadlights, okay. So it's either your eyes or porthole covers. I am completely amazed that you brought something. Uh, well, let's not dig myself a, a pit here. So I'll just say bravo, <laughs> alleluia, alleluia. And we'll, we'll just kind of go from there and say, uh, yeah, we'll just avoid Scott kicking himself. Yeah. Uh, by, by blasting Heather for something. Exactly. So in the previous minutes... Like I said last time, my hand is in the air. I've just caught it. I wonder if I'll ever break this is. habit. I don't know why it does that. It's weird. But my hand does raise. In the previous minutes, the pineapple is upside down on the black pearl as a pair swapping Elizabeth Swan breaks out the handcuffs and gives Captain Jack Sparrow a bump against the mast with a kiss while Will Turner sits back to watch the action. Nothing says exciting like a long boat full of men. Minute 134 begins with a clear what? That's what happened. We go over this every time. I'm breaking down the previous minutes. <laughs> right. Long, just, boat, long boat full of men. Yeah, she climbs in there. There you go. Minute 134 begins. Hey. I don't know. It's, she wants to have her deadlights touched, I guess. Anyways, minute 134 that begins be with a... That could be a different, whole <laughs> different meaning of deadlights. With a clearly distraught Elizabeth Swan yelling at the remaining Motley crew to go. As Marty lets go the rope and Rigetti shoves... Shoves. You know, that's just ridiculous. Why would he shove somebody? Shoves. He shoves off from the hole of the pearl. That's oh, what I was supposed off. to say. Not shoves. He shoves. shoves. He shoves off. Like Boy, said, this is going to be a winner. Like I said, <laughs> recording at night. Oh my God. All the skeletons come out. Minute 135 ends with Jack drawing his sword and heading into the mouth of the Kraken. All in slow motion. So endeth the recaps. So... There are two obvious places that kind of deserve a kickoff of the the breakdown of these minutes. So do you want Star Wars or do you want Indiana Jones? What? Not that there's a wrong answer with any of these. Do you want Star Wars to start things off or Indiana Jones to start things off? Let's start with Indiana Jones and end with Star Wars. Start with Indiana Jones, end with Star Wars. Okay, because this is it's it's unofficial references that caught my attention when re-watching these two minutes. That's where this is going. So, Indiana Jones, then Star Wars. And I mentioned this one before. But the hat makes its magical return. Spit out of the Kraken's freaking mouth and lands right at the feet of Captain Jack Sparrow. That's Indiana Jones in a nutshell. If you have one thing to take away from Indiana Jones movies, his freaking fedora will always roll back to him. Oh, it yeah, blows it off. Yeah. It rolls in the wind. There it is. It's like a homing beacon. And it's the same with Jack Sparrow. His hat mm. has made a triumphant return. And I like it. And I always like the hat coming back in Indiana Jones. But I have to admit, Indiana Jones did it first. So I, even though I like it here, my first love is Indy's hat. Okay, the fedora. Well, Indiana Jones never had a disgusting hat, did he? Because this was pretty nasty. Uh, I don't think a disgusting. Dusty, maybe. But dusty, not disgusting. but not full, full of slime? Not full of slime. Because there might be other stuff in the indie movies that are like here that I think that we've talked about. But as I recall, indie movies were all about the hat. And I could be wrong. There may have been other stuff in those movies, but it's the hat. And it's the same thing here. Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's all about the hat. People think it's a black pearl, but it's about the hat. And we've discussed his hat. Oh, there are so many episodes in Black Pearl that we actually discussed Yeah, we discussed his the hat. hat quite a bit. So that's why I'm not going to get into it. I'm just saying yeah. it's made its return just like Indiana Jones. Reference, boom, there we go. So ending with Star Wars. All that to say is, oh yeah. Because that Kraken mouth, it looks like a mobile ocean-dwelling sarlacc right there. Oh, yes. So Captain Jack Sparrow right. is going the way of Boba Fett here, right? And we're going to... It's Okay, so here he goes. Captain Jack Sparrow is going to basically find a new definition of pain and suffering. 
as he slowly digested over a thousand years in the belly of the kraken here, okay? That's what it looks like. The mouth looks like the sarlacc. And you know what the sarlacc is, right? You should actually, on the Facebook page, oh, I should do put a side it side by, by side. side. Yeah. yeah, I'll do a side by side. Because it's that beast in the desert of Tatooine yeah. in Return of the Jedi where Jabba and his sail barge crew take Luke Lon, Han, Lon, not Lon. Lon was left behind. <laughs> but Han and Chewie, Lando, and all those guys are there, right? They're over the skiffs yeah. And, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I got so the scene in the, in the bedroom over there. We do got the scene in the bedroom. <laughs> The Star Wars room. The only thing we're missing is the Sarlacc. Exactly. Don't have the Sarlacc, damn it. But that's what it looks like. Look at the Sarlacc and look at the Kraken's mouth. That's what it reminds me of. That's a dead-on image of Sarlacc Kraken mm-hmm. action. Yeah. So those are my two Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Lucasfilm references. Now Disney. <laughs> Somewhat, anyways. Uh, references there. Yeah. And there's others, but I didn't want to dwell on it. Those are the two big ones that I had when I saw it. Oh, okay. How many times does Jack say bugger? In this minute? Yeah. Really? I don't yeah. know. I was so focused on... On the Sarlacc? Know, five times. Five times. Six. I almost knew it. Almost knew it. You that was guess. a guess. So, as you mentioned, the, the slime there. Yeah. Sepiolodia lineolata. Okay. Known as the pajama squid, has these glands underneath their body that can secrete a toxic slime whenever the squid is being attacked by a predator. Okay? Okay. It's like a secondary defense system in addition to the ink getaway that squid and octopus use that we're all familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I that's what I got. When I'm seeing slime, this is not coming from glands though. This is coming from this is like phlegm. This is Oh yeah. Phlegm definitely. From a kraken. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anything worse than Kraken phlegm. No, it's disgusting. It is and disgusting. And Jack just kind of wipes it off his face. Kind of. He doesn't even full out wipe it all off his face. Well, he can't. I mean, that's just, he's got to go swimming. And he needs some I don't like, know if swimming would take that off. You got to get bring a pumice stone with you. Yeah, something. But that's why I mentioned the pajama squid with the toxic slime. Because I'd almost rather have toxic slime on me. Yeah. Than Kraken phlegm. And that's... Pretty much where I stand right now is I would take that because at least that's maybe a small amount. This is head to toe. He's been flimmed or yeah. flimmed or whatever you want to call it. Because we get the fully disgusting bowel slime that manages to cover Jack as the two meet at that point. And apparently Johnny Depp's stand-in, Scott Center, was used to experiment with what worked best with the slime. Oh, really? That must have been fun. So imagine you're the stand-in, and usually it's to test lighting and all that kind of stuff. This time they're like, hey, you don't have to test the lighting this time. And he's like, oh, thank God. You know, just go stand in real quick so maybe they get a camera angle, whatever, and they're done. Instead, they're breaking out jets of air, and they're shooting phlegm over him. And when it was time for filming, actually, then Johnny Depp stepped in and was splattered with all the slime and that kind of stuff. And, of course, then they digitally added the Kraken and the other audio and visual effects because there really wasn't a Kraken there, if you can imagine that. So was this like the kids' Nickelodeon kids' game show where they slimed people? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was going to try and see. I forgot to look it up, like, what they actually made that slime out of. It would have been nice to know. Yeah. But I think there's a number of, like, similar slime things in movies. And I... You know, because I guess if I called out like the Indiana Jones hat and the Star Wars Sarlacc thing, I should give due credit to similar slime scenes in movies. Because if you can think of mm. some. So Ghostbusters, I mean, that was a bit different, but there was the sliming ghost, right? Yeah. There's Jurassic Park, actually, with the uh, Brachiosaurus, the girl in the yep. tree. What the, what the hell's her name? He sneezed on her. Yeah. What, what's her name? I can't think of her name right now. Anyways, the girl from Jurassic Park. She's in the tree. She gets sneezed, sneezed on, on by the Brachiosaurus. There's a, there's a giant Harry, tr- Harry oh, Potter troll. Oh, the troll! That's a good one. I got didn't slime, think of that one. Got well, it's not all over his his wand because he shoved it up the troll's nose. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> there's also that giant turtle in Never Ending Story, but I haven't seen that I very often. So I don't. That, no, I mean, in a long time. It's been a long time, like decades. Yeah, I don't remember. Not that. that I want to age myself, but it's been 20 years since I've seen Never Ending Story, maybe well, more. While you were talking about the slime, I was thinking, well, when you said the um, actual octopus slime, I was thinking we would just watch Picard and they had, they would spit on people and it would dissolve them. Oh, yeah. That 
Well, that's a whole nother level of. Oh, that's true. Spit slime. That's like toxic pajama slime right that's there. That's what I'm saying. Pajama yeah. octopus slime. Yeah. Pete's Dragon, that remake of Pete's Dragon, Elliot sneezes on Pete. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the list goes on. I, I got to imagine that's happened a lot. Yeah. It's actually it's a, a gag. It's a movie trope called Covered in Grunge is the actual mm. name of it. And that, but that thing, that that movie trope includes everything from food to, to slime. Oh, to so, it's so it's huge. It's so such a huge thing. They need to narrow it down to just like the phlegm trope or whatever they want to call it. Covered in phlegm trope yeah. would probably be more appropriate for at least for what we're doing. But besides the slime and return of the hat kind of thing, it was actually rather, I think, a, a rather powerful scene with Jack taking on the Kraken. Oh, I yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, it was very emotional. Yeah, I think it was you emotional. You could feel it. You could, you know, it also didn't, you know, because it's in slow motion. You know, it was Jack standing up to his arch nemesis type of thing. It was. It had that feel to it. It was almost like two, like the, the final conflict between two, the hero and, like you said, the the, the evil mastermind kind yeah. of thing. Because it, and it was emotional and I got that. And I don't think that the emotion so much came from the visuals as it did from the from the music. Oh. Although, although I, I don't know. Maybe the slow motion helped with that because there was some pretty good stuff. Um, it seems to, I think, with the slow motion, draw kind of out the, the drama of the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where it's an effective use of slow motion. Because then you see Jack kind of taking these heroic stances. He's drawing the sword he's moving towards it he's assuming the the position to 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 just give this thing a beat down if he can yeah and i don't think without slow motion you would have gotten that because it would have happened too quickly right and i think it would have let the scene down and i talked last time about where the movie ended this could have potentially like i said it could have ended there but this could have also been the insane opening of At World's End, which mm-hmm. we'll get to shortly when we, we start to cover that. But that's why I said that. This can you imagine? I mean, that would have been a good thing. Although then you wouldn't have had the, the big tease at the end. You would have you would have just sent like Jack. But we don't want to go down that road. Heather will get angry at me. But nowadays, slow motion kind of verges on being overdone oftentimes. I mean, it's one so, of those effects oh, yeah. to use wisely yeah. and sparingly. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of slow motion going on. And then yeah. now people do the whole 360 degree camera angle no. stuff. This was great use of slow motion. That's here. what I'm saying. I think this was a fully appropriate. There's a lot of slow motion that, no. Because it worked during, it, and it also worked during the previous minutes, like when the Jack fired the shot to explode the black powder. Yeah. That was okay. Yeah. I mean, it worked. It was fine there. We talked about that. But this is where it actually shines in the movie. Yeah. This is the appropriate use of slow motion here. Because you add the Hello Beastie music. There's the classic swashbuckler stance Jack takes as he draws his sword. Then it slows down. You end up with that hero moment of the film like I was just saying. And the thing is that slowing down film often can highlight flaws in the CG when we look back at older movies on 4K televisions and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's no covering it up with normal speed. You know, if it's normal speed, you could maybe hide some of that. But here, we get a full extended look at the Kraken's mouth, and I thought it actually held up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it held up really well. It's like a slow dance in a opera. It's like a slow dance in an opera or something like that. You know, it's like that that really climax of an opera, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think you know it what I'm has saying. That. It's like that dance. It's like that really. It's interesting the music strong. choice because the music I think was more like a romanticized ending uh, of somebody's life as opposed to the big heroic, boisterous type of music that you would typically see in a fight scene. Yeah, this was. This is not going to end well for Jack. This is well, his last moment. That's that's climbing what the in the music mouth is. of a beastie. Well, but we've seen other movies where they climb in the mouths of beasties and get out. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, uh, where was that? Oh, it was uh, recently there was one. What the hell is the name? Guardians of the Galaxy Two, Volume Two. They do that. There's a number What's of them. That other one where where uh, Duchovny. David Duchovny? Yeah, climbs oh. in the cloaca of the beast. Yeah, it's evolution. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man, if you haven't seen a cloaca like that, <laughs> that 
That is movie's number one cloaca. That thing just sucks that guy up. Just slurps him right up. It's never good to be slurped up by a cloaca. But she took us out of the whole moment of talking about slow motion and powerful films by putting everybody's mind from Jack Sparrow into being slurped up by a cloaca. I hope you're satisfied. How dare you, madam? I send you to the deep. Because typically slow motion is achieved when each film frame is captured at a rate much faster and then it's played back, okay? So when it is replayed at normal speed, time appears to be moving slowly. And so a term for creating slow motion film is called overcranking. Sometimes you'll hear that in films, which is this reference to this old timey process of hand cranking an early camera at a faster rate than normal. So it's like when you had to click your car started, or if you see those old movies where they're actually turning the the camera with their hand yeah. to move the film. So they would just do it faster. So they would over crank it. Now you have actually computers that are being able to achieve the same effect in post-processing now. So you don't necessarily have to do that, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know how much is actually being done with over cranking these days with the equipment as opposed to just doing it in post-processing, but that is how typically slow motion was done. And according to the always correct, as we talked about internet and Wikipedia, Slow motion was invented by an Austrian priest named August Musker in the early 20th century. Oh, really? Yeah. He invented the technique using a mirrored drum and a synchronizing mechanism, which was patented in 1904 and was first presented in 1907 using a projector made by this theater owner. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Thought, hey, let's use some slow motion here. But there you go. Uh, A priest from uh, Austria. Slow motion. Never would have thought. But the concept of slow motion actually may have existed before the invention of motion pictures because there's this Japanese theatrical form that employs very slow movements. And I think probably like if you remember Memoirs of a Geisha, Mm -hmm. where they do some of those very slow moving things as part of the art form, that's kind of like a predecessor to slow motion or moving very slowly to accentuate uh, movements and things. So there you go. Slow motion from way back when to the present. Yeah, pre-movies to height of the movie digital era or something to that effect. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Did you notice when... Oh, I notice everything. Jack gets out of his shackles? I think I may know what you're talking about, but I'll let you go because I noticed something about it. All his rings? He was able to hang on to all his rings. Oh, well, that's not... that's. Okay. Oh, that's, I see. You didn't notice that. Oh, really? Is that where you're going? <laughs> How dare you, for one thing. Really? Just call me out like that? Man, walk the plank. I'll send you to the deep. Anyways, what I was saying is during that where he gets out of the shackles, Mm -hmm. he's trying to escape there. He reaches for the lantern. Oh, he he craps it it open. (laughs) Freudian slip. He cracks it open. He breaks it, right, to to get the oil out to lube up his hand. Boom, he escapes, okay? But the reason... Where I thought you were going with this and where I was going to bring this up is there's a blatant continuity error there. Oh, really? See? Oh, you didn't notice? <laughs> I said blatant, too. That's really? blatant. Yeah, you it? didn't notice. Maybe so I did. We us- <laughs> you, can't, you can't backtrack now. You didn't see I didn't it. You would have brought it up. I didn't see it. We usually don't bring up all these continuity errors or movie errors, but on occasion we touch on them. And, and this is one of those times because it's like really quite apparent. Somebody would have to be blind, Heather, not to see this one. So anyways, the ring on Jack's, or the rings, I should say, on Jack's hand, when he's pulling it through, yeah. they're facing inside his palm. He's holding on. The rings are facing, or turned backwards inside, okay? They're facing his palm. Yeah. And he's wiggling his hand. He's like trying Where to wiggle his Where were they at this side hand. at this time? On the ends of his fingers? No. Well, they're on his fingers, but they're turned in because they're big, bulbous rings. Yeah. They're turned in, so it's almost like if he was to close his hand, you wouldn't see the tops of the rings. You'd only see the bands. Okay? Uh-huh. But as soon as the camera cuts, because then as he's pull, right to, about to pull it out, the camera cuts to more of a jack with his hand off camera, and his hand pops up off the, you know, like from the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And when he does that, the rings are on top of his fingers like they would normally be worn. So close up, they're inside. When he pops his hand out, they're on top of his hand like they should be. Because they all end up being in like 
Right at the edges of his fingers almost. But they're inside, they're like cupped inside his hands because there's no way he could pull his right. hand but out He also had that. to squeeze them all the way up here. I'm trying to think they if weren't, they were fully... Uh, they ab- weren't on the, ins- the, where you wear your rings, they were on the knuckles in between. But they were still the facing in, inside his palm. And then well, they're not. he was moving them around well, to get his that. hand out. Yeah, that's my point. Well, and yeah, then they, when his hand pops out they were in the next right. shot, they're on well, top of his fingers. That quickly? Yeah. The guy's a magician then. Because his hand po- clearly pops out and comes up from the bottom of the screen like it just slipped I'm out. i have to and look at there. this again. You should look at I it. Will. And then you'll be amazed at how eagle-eyed I am. I'll look at it again. Because I was really looking at that because I was wondering if he got his rings out Were of there. Were you really Because there's at no it? way he could get his rings out of that. He could get his hand out with his rings there. Well, that's they what are I bulbous. was looking at. That's why I was looking so at it. So they all ended up in the... Upper knuckles, not in the lower. See, you took it to level A. I went down to like I'm C and look. C I'm and D. Look. Oh, you'll look, and then I'll, look I'll again. be uh, I'll be basking be in what? my glory, really, my allegory. By the way, really, oh yeah, because there's definitely no way that the size of those rings he could have slipped his hands out. So here's the elephant in the room. Here is the elephant not, in the room. <laughs> yeah, Where is it, baby? <laughs> Cricket, our dog Cricket. Oh, she's not an elephant though. Um. The elephant in the room is not the continuity error with the rings. It's what's powering that oil lamp, at least from my perspective. Olive oil, vegetable oil, fish oil, sesame oil, whale oil. Yeah. Whale oil. These apparently, right? actually, that list that I just gave were some of the commonly used fuels until the 18th, kind of till, Vegetable oil uh, and... And through the 18th century. Okay. okay. Or at least until the late 18th century. And some of the earliest ship lamps burned whale oil, either refined from the blubber of a right whale or harvested from the head of a sperm whale. So what we got here in the like the 18th and 19th centuries, sperm whale oil was particularly prized. And the idea is that the first humans kind of started to use whale oil and lamps and for candle wax. And it was considered kind of a liquid wax, even though it was not really a true oil. Uh, or actually, I guess it should say it was... Um, not like in the normal sense, because it had its advantages of like this clear honey golden color, which that looks like to me. Yeah. It's kind of like this brownish golden yeah. color. But I was going to ask you, because colors are not my strong suit. Oh, yeah, suit. it if, is. Unless it was like olive like oil colored color. or something like that. Maybe I'll have to look at it again. But, it was honey color. So maybe it is whale oil. That's what I'm wondering, if, if it has that kind of property. But the advantages of this whale oil is that it had this ability to flow easily. And so over time it was found that whale oil from sperm whales burned brighter and much had much less odor than that of right whales. And so then there you go. Sperm whales started to come into fashion, unfortunately for them. Then you got Herman Melville writing about Moby Dick. There you go. That's just the linkage. Just history is that and simple. And Moby Dick. Never mind. I don't know the real whole story. <laughs> <laughs> that is just ridiculous. <laughs> One large whale. I don't want to say something without not. Without verifying it? Yeah. But uh, one large whale was able to produce three tons of whale tallow from which the whale oil was processed, which is pretty incredible. And then bringing all this back to the pirate stuff and ships and whatever other fun stuff, lighting was an important component to think about when stocking your ship. And so, for example, the Virgil Drake, a 260-ton, 28-gun ship that was constructed in 1653... Carried 80 pounds of tallow candles, 80 pounds of wax candles, and 80 pounds of wax tallow blend, okay? And it is estimated that it would have used 64 to 128 candles per month alone. Really? Yeah. And from what their calculation is, is that you have to figure four to eight candles to the pound, which means they stocked on this ship for every voyage 1,400 plus candles. That's a lot of candles to be bringing aboard. But you have to think, it got dark in there. And then there was other stuff about lighting on ships that I started deep diving into about how windows and cabins and all these things were sometimes strategically placed to allow light to flow through because otherwise it was a dark, dank, nasty Well, I could imagine. Wet. There you go. I'll add wet to the last piece. Wet. Whale oil. There you go. Or vegetable oil. But I'm I'm assuming that... uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Disney spared no expense and went with true whale oil for the for the movie. That's my guess. Hey, it was one whale they had to kill. <laughs> that doesn't even sound right. It doesn't? Oh. No. The internet. Damn that internet. I fell for it again. When he gets the lamp on the sword and he uh-huh. swings it around to break it. Well, he could have swung that sucker too much. 
<laughs> it wouldn't have flying because it was just on the tip of his sword. He'd have lost it. You're saying yeah. he'd have lost his uh, lamp yeah. across the, the ship? Yeah. Well, that's possible. I was watching it go, oh, that could have fallen off there. Well, like it's real. It I don't it. know. <laughs> you okay over there? No. <laughs> that's it? I have other stuff. Well, Do you then want hit me, me with other stuff. Okay. I'm not just sitting here for my help. So... You My didn't, poor help. You, I listened to the court, the court, jeez, the commentary. Okay. In the last two minutes, but then I had to go back to the previous minutes to hear what they first started with. And so anyway, I got some commentary stuff. Okay. Because it was kind of interesting. Let's hear it. But it was pretty much all about the kiss. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Even into the, the beastie moments here? Yeah. Really? It was all about the kiss. They were still kiss. going on to the kiss thing. Yeah. Okay, the whole what time. about the kiss? Okay. What so, about the kiss that supersedes... What I said about the kiss, even though they're the writers and creators of this universe. Okay, now I'm ready for it. I stroked Are my you? Own, I stroked my own ego. I'm Are fine. you? Yeah, my ego is fully has full power. Let's just say it's going to take a lot to bring my ego down. Oh my god! Go. <laughs> so, question first question that came out of the commentary that I wanted to pose to you was: Would Elizabeth have been? Oh, there's questions. Yeah. Okay. So hard on Jack. If she wasn't tempted by him? No, oh, I think good that question. She, no, huh? I think she was tempted by him. I think there was She was tempted by him, I but she I think there was an been... attract I think that there was some attraction there. You couldn't have had all of this throughout this whole movie without some kind of pull or attraction. What I don't fully know is that attraction real or is she attracted to the lifestyle, the freedom, being the pirate, being the captain? That kind of stuff. But if she wasn't tempted, would she have been so hard on him? If she wasn't tempted by his... By the piracy, by Jack, by any of that. If she wasn't tempted, would she have been so hard on Jack? I don't think so. I think she was tempted to some extent on well, this. Yeah. I think but that if she that's, wasn't. I think if she wasn't, I, I don't think that she would have as much cared. Because you can see the pain in her face and her emotions yeah. and all that. So if that wasn't there then she wouldn't have really cared as much right we would see something more of a character like jack sparrow not caring so much because he can do some of that stuff yeah not care it would almost be like going back to the very first curse of the black pearl where they meet and he uses her to escape and all that kind of stuff that's a classic jack who doesn't necessarily care but he knows that he's not going to harm her anyways he's just using her so it's a use kind of thing yeah so another question for you how much do you think Elizabeth weighed the fact that the only way to save Will was to kiss Jack? How much did she weigh? Yeah. How much did she think about it? Oh, think about it. I was trying to picture, like, how am I supposed no. to bring in poundages Because here? their thought, uh, Ted and... Terry. Terry. I have their last name, sorry. Their thoughts on this Elliot, were that she kissed Jack to save Will. And to save the other crew also, but to save Will. The whole plan was to do this to save Just Will. Just to save Will? To save Will. Well, that I was her that main goal. If she didn't get anybody else off that ship, she needed to get uh, Will off that ship to save him. Well, I think that's part of it. What we see in the movie, and I think what we've seen all along, is that there's almost a... There's been this battle from the very beginning of... Elizabeth is trying to save Will. Will is trying to save Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She leaves. She kind of does stuff at when they're in jail. That's when Will starts to con- contemplate like, oh my God, does she not really like me? Well, this- so she's kind of like pushing him away to save him while he's going after her. It's almost like a, a different kind of dichotomy. Her way of saving Will at some points has been to push him away so yeah. he doesn't get into things. He, on the other hand, has been striving to get her and kind of continuing to profess his love, the heroic nature of the swashbuckler dude of the 1700s. And this has gone gone through both movies. Yeah. They're each trying to save each other. Yeah, yeah. The whole, throughout both movies. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing between Elizabeth and Will is they're trying to save one another. So this kiss is just another. Way to try to save Will from the situation. But she didn't intend for Will to see the kiss. That's, no, she did not. That's the part that right. 
happens. And she obviously clearly feels bad because in when she's in the boat, she's still just irritated at everything. Yeah. I think she almost kind of feels like she's sold her soul on multiple levels there. She has the guilt of actually doing that to Jack, but also the guilt of kissing Jack when she, you know, is with Will, basically. You know, and so she's got all this guilt. And when she gets on the ship, you can actually see this. Yeah. How this guilt is weighing on her. For sure. Yeah. And surprises the hell out of Marty and Rigetti. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, uh... Another thing I found interesting was Rossio was talking about when Will did see, because you know I mentioned last week, Will didn't know that kiss was coming at all. Yeah. Oh, Orlando Bloom didn't know. Yeah, it wasn't in the script. So to see his reaction when it happened, because he knew nothing about it. So he's got this idea that Elizabeth is his. Yeah. You know, as the characters, Elizabeth is his. And then he sees this, so it's all confusion. So they were trying to watch... His reaction, but he's struggling, you know, mm. because he doesn't know. He doesn't want to overreact to it, but he doesn't want to underreact. So, he, you know, they're kind of. Yeah, it's kind weird of how a, they do that. Because what if he just says, what the F? <laughs> right. Right there. He, like, breaks character and is like, what the, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that he holds his composure, so to speak, but still has some of that confused moments kind of roll off. So maybe they're somewhat prepped for weird things like that. Because <laughs> how does he not just say what in the hell is going on here? Yeah. How dare you bastards? It's a, it was like he was hit in the face with a shovel. Yeah, he does look like that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody can see that but me. And then, uh, oh, one more thing. Why is your hand in the air? Because yours goes in the air, you know, it's just that thing. Chaining Jack goes back to the first time he meets Elizabeth. Yeah, I was just talking about that. Did you say something about it? When they just went, when they were meeting Elizabeth, yeah. They met, uh, he was in shackles. Yeah. And there he was used to, used her to, to escape. Exactly. Literally, and now yeah. she's using him in shackles to escape. Oh, that's a good, see, I didn't make that oh. full connection. She's using him this time. But that's a good callback. And he's still the one in the shackles. Yeah. So she can escape. That's interesting. Because he's the one So she can get Will to escape. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. That's cool callback, actually. Yeah. It's kind of neat. How those writers are so clever. Aren't they? That they are. I don't know if I can top shackles. What? I got one more. Really? You know. Okay, what? When they were filming Curse of the Black Pearl... And they were talking about sequels. They actually thought about one of the heroes getting rid of another hero at that time. Hmm. And they weren't sure who would go for it because the heroes never get rid of the other heroes. Except in Game of Thrones. Well, at the time. At the time. Oh, at the time. Okay. So then a hero never gets rid of another hero. Or Walking Dead. A Superman. A Superman. A superhero doesn't get rid of another superhero to... Kill off another superhero to whatever. but Usually. Okay. I get your point. You know what I mean. Main characters don't usually kill each other off. So this actually came up and they weren't sure it was going to fly. And it, you know, this whole scene where a hero is killing off another superhero. Yeah, they made it work though. Yeah. Pirates will prevail. Finally we've conquered death. All our worries gone. Every night our souls will rest till the break of dawn. And the ship sails on, back into beyond, over again. When I sing the song, this my home. Until the end, centuries across the sea is not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally, with a life of piracy. Hail the curse of Gilmeggy and hail Captain Blood. But see, you should have ended if you had like swapped. You know your what? Thing. No, then you no, could have just... you could have ended on like the strong one with the shackles that amazed me. Yeah, but because... this one was at the very end. And, you know. Oh my gosh! Because that was my lead in then. Because I was gonna roll off that. that okay, I... go ahead. The shackles. I can't roll off it now because there was nothing that basically I was just like, how do I follow up on something like that when clearly you followed up on it, but it wasn't as good as the shackle callback. But I did want to just say a few kind of things. There's the iconic line that we got to, we should at least mention. He says, hello, beastie. Hello, beastie. I mean, that's in minute 135. And I don't really have anything more to say about that or any notes on it, except there it is. It's a meme. It's everywhere. That's a big thing. Yeah. Then speaking of beasties, Elizabeth 
and talk about getting her anger out and frustration on the crew. She's a beast right there to Marty and everybody else. Right? She's a beast. So I just wanted to call out a multiple beasties are happening in this minute. And that she's kind of clearly projecting some self-loathing there on everybody yeah. else. Because we talked about this in the last minute. Continues here. And it's just about getting the hell out of there. She's in the mindset of, I killed Jack. Let's leave it. Let's never talk about this again. Yeah. And now let's row away. Row away. Row away. That's all I got. I don't know if you have anything else. Do you want to end on something other than shackle action? Yeah, I want to end up slime. No slime. Let's go back to being slime. (laughs) No slime. Thanks for listening, (laughs) Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. And you can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. All the links are at theblackpearlshow.com. It is that freaking easy. Say it every time. And of course, you know what we're doing here. We're delivering Pirates of the Caribbean info to the masses as the dirty freaking filthy bilge rats we are. We're analyzing, scrutinizing, and plundering. Till then, Scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling. And in solidarity of everything happening, the scurvy to a minimum right now. Don't forget, like I said before, especially for pirates, it's not so much the plague you have to worry about. It's the people reacting to said apocalypse and those that are kicking back watching the action while drinking rum. There you go. Listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, Scallywags. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun, I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, maybe Heather. This is a Shout Reach Media Production.